Hi, everyone. You're listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Janine, a.k.a. La Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer, Martha. All right. Welcome back. And Martha and I are here with a very special guest, our dear friend, Christine. Um, so great to finally have you on the podcast. We've been chatting for a while now. Um, I feel like we're all like friends who, you know, haven't seen each other in a really long time. So, um, Christine, we're really excited to have you on and I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I am a travel creator and I'm also a drone pilot. And a lot of people call me like an extreme adventurer, but I like to think of myself as just being yet another everyday badass. Uh, but I try really hard to help people to travel smarter by making the helpful YouTube video that, that I wish I got to see before I traveled somewhere. And so I focus primarily on YouTube. I'm also on Instagram, et cetera, and every other platform out there, but I always keep it real and I always keep it real fun. You and do keep that. it real fun. And we very much enjoy it. (laughs) Christine, we wanted to ask you some questions. Um, This is our icebreaker portion of the podcast. Um, So it's a this or that. I am Yeah, whatever comes to mind. I know we don't really need an icebreaker, but I don't know, these are kind of funny sometimes. And then we go off on a weird tangent and who knows where it'll take us this time. I'm ready. All right, ready, ready? Mm-hmm. Backpack or carry on? Both. I am both all the time, but only those two and nothing else. Mm, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Roller skating or rollerblading? Rollerblading, because that's what I did growing up. Although I would love to be able to roller skate disco style, wearing an Afro and dancing the music at the same time as a goal for something I want to do in 2021. (gasps) I love that. Yeah. That would be so fun. We are here. Rollerblading is super badass. Like you go real fast. I feel like roller skating is more artistic and rollerblading is more like, like intense. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) Both are intense on the booty. I think they're both great workouts. Yes, I see what you mean by that. But I think if I were to get into roller skating, there would be no no idea. Like it would have nothing to do with trying to get exercise and everything to do with trying to be a diva and having fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, iPhone or Android? iPhone all the way. Same, same. <laughs> Bikini or one piece? That's a great question. I'm always bikini but I oftentimes will choose one piece because when you are someone like me who gets cold quickly and easily, I wear anywhere from one to three wetsuits per scuba dive. And when you rip them off, sometimes you rip off your bikini top too and be great to have a onesie. Oh my God. I didn't know you, I didn't, I, I didn't ever think of putting on more than one wetsuit. I thought it was just like a one that seems really difficult to get on and off. It is. It will basically kill your manicure, but I, I don't know if it's like blood circulation issues or something, but I get really cold underwater easily. So even when I'm diving in places that are warm, like the Bahamas, I'll wear at least two wetsuits, uh, but also one piece bathing suits um, for me mean triathlon, which is something I did in an old life. And so I don't put that on being like, yay, we're going to go have fun. I put that on being like, we're going to go in the pool for a long time. (laughs) I see. I see. Very nice. All right. Next one. Group travel or solo travel? Solo travel. Oh, so solo travel. (laughs) I recently did a group travel trip and it reminds me solo travel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Um, Okay. East coast or West coast? West Coast. West Coast. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that, Christine. I was like, I don't know if I'm, and I know you, you've been on uh, the East Coast for, for some time, but your heart is in the West Coast. Oh, my heart's in lots and lots of places. (laughs) I would say coasts in general, but I was born in San Diego, lived in San Francisco for a very long time, but then lived in New York City for a long time. And now I keep a meatball boyfriend in South Florida. So I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. Love it. 
Um, YouTube or Instagram? YouTube. YouTube is my main man. Instagram's my side bit. So YouTube for me is a way to become super close and provide tons of info to your audience. And it's where I love to be. And we love you there. We um, also love you on Instagram. So everywhere. Don't leave us. <laughs> all right. I'll do a couple more. Air dry or blow dry? Air dry. Air dry all the way. In an old life, I used to be the buyer for hair appliances for Walmart, for Walmart.com. And so I've tried every single hair appliance out there because they were all my suppliers. And if there's one thing I've learned from doing that job, it's air dry. Mm, okay I had to know because your hair is just so long and beautiful and I was like does she do stuff to it or is it just natural air so that's why I threw that in there it's all air dried the thing I learned you either have to choose because I used to have short anime style spiked in the back bright red or blonde long bangs in the front short hair in my old life and if you want to have long hair you either need to choose between dyeing, processing, fixing it with heat appliances or air dry. So I don't do anything to my hair. Um, we're going to need those pictures of anime, Christine, just so you know, because <laughs> I have to see that. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Last one, sleep in or early bird? Early bird. Early bird because um, part of my style of content creation is I'm not the person who likes to be in the crowded place filming myself or taking photos of myself. And I also love the quiet of the morning. So droning the sunrise and also content creation in the morning, all about sunrise mornings, early mornings. I love it. I mean, and sunrises are just so beautiful and it's nice to to wake up that early and just get so much more done. Oh yeah. Um, All right, Christine. Well, We want to talk about you traveling and droning, of course. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about like your, I mean, right now you're traveling full time, right? I am. Yes. Tell us, tell us about that journey. Like when did that kind of start or has that always been something that you've been doing? It's a good question. And it was not an accident. It was something that was very much created as a lifestyle. And I I kind of referenced already how I used to work for corporations like Walmart and Amazon, which was awesome, but you were stuck to your cubicle all day long. And so I wanted to find a company that would let me do similar work, marketing, merchandising, e-commerce work, but remotely. And I found that company that hired me and allowed me to be anywhere in the world. And as long as I traveled back to Michigan for one week every month or so, I did that for seven years. And so I basically started nonstop traveling for the last seven years. And then during the pandemic, realized it is time to leave the corporate world and truly go headfirst into this and just be a full-time content creator. So that's been my transition from being a full-time traveler to travel creator, as well as um, leaving the corporate world and continuing to travel. That's amazing. Um, I I didn't know some of that. I I knew you had, um, you know, a really big career prior to this. And um, I didn't know you were working remotely for for a while. Um, Is there any tips that maybe you can share for our audience? Um, Anyone listening who maybe has a corporate job, doesn't want to necessarily give it up, like how you did in the beginning, you worked remotely. Any tips for how to kind of transition into working remotely? Yeah, I would say that especially now that so many companies have had to allow people to work remotely, I think that already changes the landscape of the amount of remote workers there will be in the future. But the other thing is everything, Everything in life is negotiable. And even if you work for a company that's like, no, you could never be remote. It's all about trying to find your value and what you can give that's so unique and so powerful that they can't get that anywhere else. And they really want to keep you and keep, be, and keep you even if you're remote. I always think there's a way um, to get into that. Love that. No, that's... I feel like 
there are, how do I put this? Um, you know, employees, it, it costs more money to hire a new employee. So, um, you know, why not work with someone into like, oh, hey, you've been, you know, good to our company. Let's get you, let's get you into that remote um, position. But hundred percent agree. The amount to onboard someone is insane. It makes more sense to try to, you know, use your current workforce and educate them or upskill them to where you need them to be. But one other tip that I have is that because I was remote for seven years and mind you, I was one of the only people that was remote for this 10,000 person company. And a lot of people in the organization were trying to, quote unquote, be like me and be remote also. And they kept trying to jump from, I'm in an office all day, every day at the headquarter to, I want to be exactly like Christine. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But there are so many steps in between, whether it's, okay, cool. You have X number of days of vacation per year. Can you start to implement like, you know, you can work from home half day on Fridays so you can start your weekend a little bit earlier and possibly do a longer weekend trip there. Or can you, and like, you know, there are basically these bite-sized pieces that you can start adding to what you're currently doing. So you're not putting your employer from, okay, I'm used to having Christine in the office every day to, oh my gosh, she's like gone all of a sudden so that you can prove out that you being remote is something that can work on both sides because a lot of people think that being remote is awesome but it's a lot it's a lot of work to be remote and to be as valuable as someone who's actually and physically there so oh yeah absolutely i i love how you like kind of like it's about baby steps and um i mean that works with a variety of things right you you know want to take a little bit of baby steps to get to the that bigger picture Exactly. Um, it's that's life, right? It's the journey. We don't just end right. up at the end. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about let's talk about drones because you are a badass droner. Droner. Is that even a word? Drone pilot. <laughs> I'm yeah, like droner. I use droner, droner, droning, drone pilot. Yeah, droning. What's yeah. your favorite phrase? What's your favorite? What do you refer to yourself as? I guess I say drone pilot because a lot of people are familiar with that. And also it differentiates me from being a hobbyist. In other words, um, mm -hmm. out of what all the drones that are out there that have been registered with the federal aviation, only 20% of them are from pilots. In other words, the majority are hobbyists, which is great, but I want people to know that I not only fly a drone, but I took the test to become the pilot. So I'm a drone pilot. She's licensed to shoot oh, yeah. pictures and video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and let's talk about those amazing pictures because I've always been super fascinated with drones. Um, there's a couple of reasons why I don't have a drone right now. Um, if I had it my way, I'd, I'd have a drone, but um I think they take such amazing photos, but it, it isn't just about the drone, it's about the pilot, right? Like you have to know what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about the journey? Cause I'm, I'm assuming that your first drone footage um, wasn't as maybe amazing as it is now. And, and not to say it, it's not, it wasn't ever good or anything, but maybe you could talk a little bit about your journey. Ooh, that's a good question. And then actually, I'm going to start with that one, which is after two months of having the, the most affordable drone, the DJI Mavic Mini, which isn't the most cheapest drone, but I would say affordable and still yet a good camera. Two months after flying it, this is even before I became a pilot, I took a photo that is currently printed on a tourism boards magazine. So I share that story first, because what I want to say is that even as a brand new droner, you can get fantastic photos and videos from the beginning. And it's one of those things where we are all equipped with cameras, right? We all have our cell phones that are only getting better in picture quality in our hands every single day. And you can get some really great photos and videos with your, with your phone. 
And the point I'm trying to make here is sometimes it really can just be like a phone where it's all about the quantity and you got that really good one. But at the same time, it's no different than just, and I don't even want to get into like, oh, you know, I took photography lessons and it's all about composition because I didn't. I watched YouTube videos and I simply thought from a human perspective, is that beautiful or is that pretty? And would others look at that and think the same thing? And that's how I go about all of my photos and videos. But the reason why I got into flying a drone in the first place is because, and if you think back to a lot of like the Instagram posts or YouTube videos I put out, you'll see a theme in which I chase beaches around the world. And part of that is I love to travel and explore the land. And in a lot of those beach vacations, you'll see me exploring the ocean. I have almost 100 scuba dives under my belt because yeah, there's a lot to see on the land, but there's a whole other world in the ocean. And be able to be able to explore those two things on a single trip, phenomenal. Now add a third element to that, the sky. I actually have goosebumps right now just talking about it. So in all the places I travel to, I'm on the land, I'm under the ocean, and I'm in the air. And I'm able to capture these beautiful places. I was just in Zanzibar, so beautiful. So able to capture these places from every single angle and appreciate the beauty of the places that I'm in, in a, at a deeper level than I ever have been before. And that's what got me into droning is wanting to have that third view. And as I got started into it, and the, as more time passes, you know, especially with companies like DJI, it is becoming more every day that people are flying drones. They are getting to places where the price point is so affordable and the technology makes it so easy to fly. And honestly, um, and part of the reason why I like to make helpful YouTube videos is because I myself am a consumer of helpful content on YouTube. And other drone pilots who have YouTube channels have helped me to understand how my drone works. And my love that I was telling you about in capturing the beauty of these places is why I have become obsessed with flying my drone. And so I would say within just a couple month period of time, I got as good as I am now. Yeah, there are some things that I, you know, I, I always work on improving my craft. I fly a lot more aggressively and I fly a lot, a lot more adventurously, I guess you can say it now to get some pretty unique shots. And I'm about to start flying the DJI FPV drone, which is first person view. You're wearing the full goggles. This thing goes hundred miles an hour plus uh, to get more of those unique shots. And it's just, it's one of those things where, okay, cool. I'm back to square one on learning a new type of drone. Cool. Like let's ease into it as with anything like we we're talking about before. It's all about those baby steps, but that's been my journey. And a lot of people look at my stuff and they go, wow, Christine must have been flying these drones for years. I started flying a drone in January of 2020. I just started and it was two months thereafter. I got that photo printed on a tourism boards magazine. And here I am today, only a year later, moving on to my third drone. And I just, I love doing it, but I by no means have years and years of experience, but I do have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flights. So that's been my journey. Girl, that is amazing. That's a lot in what a year and a few months. That's mm -hmm. yeah, a year and three months. That's incredible. I love that you bring up um, about the three elements like, you know, you're under the water, you're on land, and now you're in the air. And I guess I've never really thought of like, yeah, you you know, there's a reason why helicopter tours are, you know, a thing in certain areas. You just, you have to see something from that perspective and you're able to do that with, with a drone. So that's, exactly. that's super amazing. And when I think about, you know, like what's the content that I would love to see? If you think about, you know, shooting a, a small video for your Instagram stories from your iPhone. It's, it's very standard to hold your iPhone like a phone and start recording. 
it's when you can start getting those different perspectives, like, oh, wow, like that looks like that, or, oh, I had no idea, like it would, from directly above as a top-down shot, it would look like that. It's let's help people to see the things that I get to experience and the places I travel to from all of these angles. Cause it's so fun to look at them. Like, wow, look at that. It's not something you get to see on the everyday. It's way more fun that way. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask because you, okay. So on, on a drone, you can do the photos but you also do the video. And I don't know if you have to switch in between the two or it, they can happen simultaneously. Um, what is your or if thought? it just depends on the drone? Yeah, I, we don't know anything about I, I know I don't know anything about drones. That's a good question. I'm going to um, I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to bring you through an example. So when you're taking photos and videos, it's actually it's the same exact thing on your phone. You flip between taking a photo and taking a video, but it's still the same button that will start taking that photo or video. So no difference there, super straightforward and super easy, just like you're doing it on your iPhone or Android. Um, something tells me uh, you ladies were not recently 16 years old, but do both of you ladies drive a car? Yes. Do you yes. remember what it was like when you first started driving your car, maybe even the first time you got behind the wheel? Do you remember that feeling? Yeah, I remember feeling like there's a lot of power in my hand. And what if I, <laughs> I don't know, there was a lot of thoughts going to my head, but wh where are you going with this, Christine? Because I feel like I'm, I'm taking it for a turn. <laughs> yeah, I was just worried that my parents were going to catch me because I was like 14 years old and I took the car. <laughs> my guess is when you got behind the wheel, you were probably gripping the steering wheel. You were kind of nervous. And you, oh, like, this is your first time you're about to operate this thing that is both powerful and costs some money. And there's yeah. just a nervousness about it because it's your first baby step towards driving. Now, my guess is, well, actually, when was the last time you ate something or drank something while you were driving? Oh. This morning. <laughs> when was the last time? Maybe you didn't text while driving, but you just glanced at your phone while you were driving. This yeah. morning. I will braid my hair while I drive. That's and how drive confident I am. Knee, right? <laughs> and drive with your knee. Like, yes. And the last time I drove home without even thinking about it and was like, oh, oh, I'm home already. Wow. That's how it feels flying a drone. Like with the first time you drive a car, you're generally in a parking lot and you're pretty nervous and you aren't going to, let's see if this baby can go zero to 100 right now and e-brake slide. That's probably not what happened the first time you drove a car. A lot of people, when they fly a drone, they feel like it's this complicated, hard thing. When in my opinion, it's actually significantly easier than driving a car. So if you turn on your car, but you do not press the gas and you do not press anything, what happens? Um, if you don't press the gas or um, it, it's in neutral, it'll roll. If, if or you don't have it in park, basically nothing happens to the car. If you turn on the car, oh, right. and it's in, it's nothing happens. One of the big misperceptions about drones and people thinking that they're hard is that a lot of people think you need to actively be flying the drone, be pressing things to keep it in the air as though it were an airplane. Mm -hmm. Once you start the car, once you start the drone and put it in the air, it will just hover and stay there until you make it do something in the same way as a car does. And then you can take your photos and videos. You can fly it as, as much as you want to, if you want to, but it's significantly easier than a lot of people think it is. Yeah, I, I would not have thought that. And I actually flown my friend's drone and I can't remember, I, I know it was like, I probably did it for like five, 10 minutes and then I freaked out because I couldn't see it. Like I couldn't physically see it. And then drones have, I mean, certain drones have like technology now where it'll just, you press a button and it'll just come back to you. RTH, it will return to home. like. Oop, can't find it anymore, press a button and it will come back to you like a Tesla. You know what I mean? Like it comes right back and you don't have to do anything to make it do that. Technology now, I mean, 
it seems like it's just gotten easier, more accessible to people. Um, and I don't know if drums have always kind of been the same price. I mean, they're not necessarily, I mean, it, it's super cheap, but not super expensive. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like, what's like, a because it's, it isn't, you know, something you're just like, okay, yeah. Uh, throw it in the bag yeah Yeah. there are very very inexpensive drones out there and I would say I mean think about so much of the other technology that's out there from you know cars to tvs etc the technology it gets better and better and better the safety gets better and better and better the quality better and better but the price point continues to go down and becomes more accessible to more people Um, and so you can get like very, very inexpensive drones. You can get, you know, toy drones for 20 bucks. You can get a drone that will take photos and videos for a hundred bucks. But if you want to start taking, you know, your 2.7 or 4k photos and videos, um, then you're talking about the, you know, three to $400 price point range, which is still, if you think about it, that's how much, you know, the GoPros are going for this day. How much did I spend on my, am I going to be spending on my iPhone 12? Right? Like, it's the price $1,500. Exactly. No, not for the two fifty six. Yeah. So you know, it's becoming more and more accessible for people. Definitely. So Christine, um, where, where has been your favorite place to shoot? So in the year and three months that you have under your belt, what has been your favorite and why? Oh, that's a great question. I would say there are two places that come to mind immediately. And the first one, I felt like I was going to lose my fingers. And let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love, love chasing beaches around the world. And I love being in destinations that constantly feel like summer, but I love skiing and I love going to the snow. And I had an opportunity to uh, actually every year I've had an opportunity to spend quite some time in Salt Lake City. And I did something different and went snowmobiling uh, because my meatball boyfriend was able to join me. And so we were riding snowmobiles out in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing around. And I was able to capture us on these snowmobiles as well as these snow covered mountains in the most beautiful setting. It was so quiet and peaceful and perfect. Um, I had to take off my heavy gloves in that moment to get that shot. Uh, So it was very, very, very cold, but that was one of my favorite shots. My other favorite one, and I would say ones, is actually just in the backyard uh, here in South Florida, where I'm at right now. And what's amazing about being out here is there's such crazy, crazy wildlife in the water, whether I'm seeing a huge, huge school of fish, maybe a thousand fish at once, or I'm seeing tons of manatees in the water. I am 100% on the manateem. I love manatees. And another one that I just recently caught and I went out every single day for a week going to various beaches, trying to find the huge black tip shark migration that happens in Palm Beach every year. And on the final day that I went out, I was ready to give up because the weather was gonna turn. And I just didn't think I was gonna catch it on that travel trip. And when I went out there, I threw my drone out and I probably saw somewhere in the range of four to 600 sharks in the water. And it was just so fascinating. And if you think about a little kid freaking out, that is who I am so often when I'm flying my drone, where I'm looking at the screen, just being like, oh my God, oh my God, look at this, it's amazing. And I'm like that almost every single time. So those are two of my favorite flights that I've had, Salt Lake City and in South Florida. Oh my gosh, the shark one. I You posted videos of that one on your Instagram um, and it was wild just seeing so many sharks. It was quite insane um so I can imagine how you felt seeing it live like IRL (laughs) yeah uh, that was a moment in which I thought I might lose that drone that day because I was so fascinated by what I was looking at that even though the battery was running low I really didn't want to bring my drone back uh so I kept it out there for longer than I should have (laughs) 
So what happens if you, if you lose the drone, do you lose the footage or does that get stored somewhere in the cloud, in the ether somewhere? That's a good question. You have to actively download your footage, but as you're downloading your footage, you can't be doing anything else. And one of the misperceptions about drones is that people think that they have long battery lives when they don't. Um, an average flight, because things like the cold in Salt Lake City, the altitude of Salt Lake City, the humidity and heat and wind in Florida will reduce the battery time. So on average, a flight is like 20 minutes on average. And if you run out of batteries and you have not actively downloaded your photos and videos, which can take some time, depending on what you're shooting, what types of videos and the size and quality, um, it can take quite some time. So generally for me, I wait until after the flight to download all of my footage because I don't want to waste the battery in the air downloading it. So interesting. Um, it's something that came to mind when um, you brought up the sharks. Now there's things that happen like, and I guess that that's like a seasonal thing. It only happens like some time of the year, right, mm -hmm. Christine? That's not like always. Exactly. It's it's it only happens during the early months of the year. Oh, awesome. Um, well, I mean, if you didn't have a drone, you would not be able to get footage like that, correct? Like you'd have to either be diving, and, and even then, you would get a different type of footage. So you feel like. I don't know, you're kind of like in this, and you mentioned it before, you're able to do all three land, water and um, air. Do you feel like you're kind of like in this, like, I don't know, I want to say like a power position where <laughs> you can like, you you have access to all these different things. Like it's a whole different perspective. It's, I don't even know how to explain it. It just, it's amazing that, you know, you could capture footage like that you could see sharks and not have to be near them Swim with them <laughs> yeah exactly it's a weird it's a weird feeling to be an eye in the sky and it also means in my it, for me personally I have a lot of etiquette around how I fly because from a position of finding the sharks and no one else can find the sharks except me it's a really unique one right because I'm like oh my gosh I'm so special. Like, look at what I'm looking at. I mean, the funnier one is when I'm around tons of people who are fishing or have fishing boats out and I know where all the fish are at and they are nowhere near it, but I have no way of communicating that to them or uh, an uncomfortable one might be flying my drone. And there's a, a couple having a really nice time in the ocean together. And there's some pretty big stingrays coming their way. And there's nothing I can do because I am not in any kind of earshot of them. So there is that uncomfortable feeling in that sense. But there's also that sense of responsibility, I feel, where if I'm flying in in places where other people know I'm flying a drone, like I'm keeping it away from people because whether, you know, you're not supposed to be flying over people's houses and looking at that, like looking at things or uh, spying on people while they're having a picnic, things like that. So it's a unique thing that comes with responsibility, in my opinion, about how you fly, because uh, you do have that new perspective. It's cool. I love that you bring that up. You, you do have a lot of responsibility and there's people who can be unethical and, you know, do some weird things and I'm, I'm sure that has happened a lot of times. So I love that you're a responsible droner, drone pilot. Yeah. Christine, we all, the, <laughs> we all gotta the do way, our part, but there's always, you know, there's always those people that ruin it for us. And I mean, you know, that's why like, you know, there's certain security measures in place at the airport amongst, you know, concerts and other things that we just have to deal with on an everyday basis because someone blew it. Um, and so we, you know, just each need to do our part and that's it. The way you were describing everything, um, about seeing things, but not being able to do anything, you almost, you sounded like, a like a narrator, like in a book, the one that knows everything, but it can't like other people don't like the characters. So that's what it reminded me of. You're just like playing there. Like, Oh, I see that. Can't do nothing about that. Oh, see that. Can't do nothing about it. Sorry guys. <laughs> It's an interesting thing, right? And at the, on the same note, 
I'm, I'm also, and something I will start getting into is the unique ways that you can use drones for good. Um, you know, whether it's using drones to plant trees or whether it's using drones to help in like disaster areas to help find people or, you know, things of that nature. I think it's really cool, especially when I feel like I've really fine tuned my craft. I'm a very, very good pilot, but it's like, well, how can I start giving this back? So that is something that's top of mind for me as I continue to get into this. I love that. Um, I know that you have words for years. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe what your word, um, tell everyone what your word is for this year? Oh, yes. I love that. I'm all about reflecting on the year um, and living a life of drinking champagne to remind myself to be thankful for everything that I have because we all have so much. Um, my 2021 my 2021 word of the year is connected. And coming out of 2020, I really realized, especially as each of us went into lockdown, as for me, for the first time in seven years, I had always been in, I, I'd never been in one place for more than three weeks, for seven years. And it was a really unique thing for me to be in one place during lockdown and I thought I was going to go crazy and I didn't realize that I would just love it. I absolutely love taking a break and having a moment to, and at that moment I went to lockdown with my boyfriend and we just got to spend so much great quality time together. And I spent that lockdown time reflecting on all the people I love so much and how, what powers us on an everyday basis, at least for me, is love and connection with the people in my life. And 2020 brought the world together virtually, right? Like I met you ladies in 2020 and I'm so thankful for that. And it makes me realize the power of connection and how that needs to be prioritized in my life. And so being connected and being connected with other badass women like yourselves is something that is so important to me. And that's why it's my word of the year. Ah, Christine, I, I love that. I'm sending us blush right now. Um, and what we, do you hope next year's will could be? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think one of the other things that 2020 taught me was the, and I've always lived in the moment, but never like I do now. I really live in the moment. And before I used to be a very planned person who's always thinking ahead, who knows exactly what's going on today, tomorrow, three months, six months, nine months, and next year. But we are only in April of 2021. So my word for next year, I don't know. I'll tell you on January 1st. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> all right last question um well actually it's like kind of like a I don't know if it's really a question um but wait but before that one because I yeah. didn't follow up with my question about the favorite place um so what place can you not wait to explore with your drone so anywhere the world is your oyster oh that's such a good question um, I have no limits, no limits. I have a place that's top of mind that there was a limit on. And I had the opportunity earlier this year to go ride a bike through the mountains and cliffs of Ethiopia where no tourists have ever been before. And what one of the things I really wanted to do on that trip was to go somewhere called, and I'm going to spell it first because I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, D-A-N-A-K-I-L, depression the Danakil depression. And it's basically one of the most extreme places in the world where it's like very hot and very cold and very arid and very like very lots of things. And as a result of it, it looks like something out of outer space slash Star Wars craziness. And when I look at photos of that place, it's just, it blows my mind on the colors and the landscape and the textures, et cetera. And it would be a phenomenal thing to see, you know, just from a single normal point of view, but it's somewhere I would love and really wanted to fly my drone. But given the um, 
issues in Tigray that were happening this past year in Ethiopia. It wasn't safe for me to travel there, but that one is on my list in terms of super unique places. I really want to fly my drone. I'm looking at it right now, and I remember marking this on my map. It looks like totally another world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Colors, everything. It's wow. like, is that even real? Right. And, and you'll soon find out, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is crazy. All right. Well, um, I'm going to add this on the show notes. That way, if anyone wants to type it in, Danakil depression. Yeah, because I don't know if that's how it. That's awesome. Great. It looks really cool. I like can't stop staring at it. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back, Janine. Bring it back. I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Christine, um, what are what are like your kind of top five tips that you um you have about drones, whether you know it's a beginner wanting to buy a drone or someone who's had a drone, but maybe isn't very aggressive with it or maybe hasn't traveled with it? Yeah, I could, I could take five hours to give tips. Um, I'll, I'll name the ones that are kind of top of my head. The first one is tranquilo, like relax. It's all okay. We're not going to get into the car and do the e-brake slide first and drive hundred miles an hour, right? Same thing with a drone. Like it's, it's not as hard as you think and we don't need to do crazy things. Like let's just get it in the air and let's fly and let's relax. And if for some reason you're uncomfortable in the same way when you're driving, you simply pull over and hit the brakes. Same thing with a drone. You simply take it out of the sky and you land your drone. Like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like there's nothing to worry about. The next thing I would say is the number two thing people are worried about, aside just from being so nervous about flying it in the first place, is crashing into things. Um, and crashing comes when either you're just moving too fast on things or you're not having enough awareness. And going back to tip number one, like tranquilo, like it's all right, take it easy, take it slow. There's no reason to fly the drone as fast as it can go. In the same way that when you're trying to film something on your iPhone for Instagram stories, you're not gonna whip your phone around really fast so someone can see where you're at. You're gonna slowly pan so they can see. It's the same thing when you fly your drone and get a video. You want it to be slow. The more jerky and fast it is, the more you're gonna make someone wanna take an ibuprofen or Advil after taking or after watching your video because it's gonna give them motion sickness. <laughs> so oh. taking it slow and taking it easy. Um, and crashing is all about, you know, take it slow. And the other thing is just be aware of what's around you. If your drone is being flown at your height, I'm a whopping five foot two, then you're probably going to hit some things. But if you put your drone up to a hundred feet, there's not a whole lot of things up there. And now all of a sudden it's even easier than a car because <laughs> there's nothing to run into. Um, and so that's my tip around, don't worry, you're not going to crash, just relax, put it up a little bit higher, make sure you're not going to hit anything. Um, my third one would be around taking photos and videos. And this one is a tip, especially uh, for creators. Um, and actually what, you know, in the same way, when you're, when you're, uh, you're trying to film something or take photos of something, it's really nice to take 1000 photos, but at the same time, you got to go through 1000 photos. Um, or if you want to take a video, don't take the 20 minute video. Cause then you, you have this really big file to deal with, be thoughtful before you put your drone up on what it is you want to do. Like, what are you trying to accomplish before you put your drone up? Cause you only got 20 minutes to fly it around and figure it out um, and get all the things that you need. And so when I flew yesterday, for example, for the Instagram stories that are live right now, I was like, I know I definitely want to take a picture of the bridge. I want a video of the bridge when it's, when it's going up and allowing the big boats to pass. And I definitely want, and then I'm just going through this really short list before I put my drone up. Um, these last two silly ones, make sure you can actually take a photo and video in the same way a lot of people run out with their DSLRs realizing that, ah, oh, crap, my SD card is on my desk. Same thing can happen with your drone um, in which you can't take a photo or video unless your SD card is in there. So make sure you bring that. Um, and then the last one will, maybe a safety tip is a good one. Um, there's, 
two maps I always look at. One is the drone map, whether using DJI's app to look at, hey, are there any airports nearby? Hey, is there a prison nearby? Because you're not allowed to fly near that thing. Stuff like that. Like, are you allowed to fly in that area? And then going back to being planful, I love to use Google Maps and simply throw that thing onto satellite because maps will show you a lot of stuff. But when you put it into satellite, then you'll notice like, oh, there's a unique pattern of, I don't know what, boats over here because the marina is in like this triangle instead of like a rectangle. That could be really cool. And that will help you to plan where you're going to shoot so you're not blindly driving around or wasting drone battery flying around looking for things. So those are my tips. Great tips, Christine. I um, That last one is really like, I'm sure for you, maybe that, that's like, you know, second nature now, right? But I mean, I wouldn't have even have thought like, yeah, look on satellite, look on Google Maps satellite and, you know, look ahead to see what you're going to be shooting because that's pretty much the same view that you're going to be seeing. Yeah. And I mean, you can also, right, use Instagram, go get inspiration from other drone pilots. And if you think there's a destination that looks cool on maps, go find it on Instagram and see what drone pilots may have covered in that area. And then you can know, because sometimes those areas, because you are legally allowed to put your drone up to 400 feet, that's really high. It could potentially be such a large area that where you need to park to get the angle you're looking for might be a 10 minute drive from launching your drone somewhere else. And so these are just small tips, especially for me as being a nonstop traveler who, you know, I wanna get to the club and the jazz show and the bar. And, you know, I, I love flying my drone, but I also wanna do other things and not just plan these flights. How can you quickly get to the sweet place you need to be without having to spend your vacation and travel time doing a ton of guesswork? Cause that ain't fun. Absolutely. No, this is, this is awesome, Christine. Thank you for these great tips, just for sharing your story, your knowledge. Um, this has been incredible. I mean, and, and we could talk about this for hours on end, um, but you know, we'll just have to have a part two. <laughs> yeah. Is there any, any last, um, I guess, advice or a story that you want to share? Just something about, um, you and drones that maybe we didn't ask that you wanted to touch on? I have something very, very exciting that both of you ladies are invited to. So when you become a drone pilot, you are known as a part 107 pilot. And I want you ladies to be a part of my 107 women who are going to be in what I call the drone party, in which I will be traveling around the United States over the next several months one-on-one -on -one teaching people, primarily women, to fly drones. Right now, 6.7% of all drone pilots are female. That is a very tiny number. And my goal in doing this is to show people that drones are accessible. They are easy to fly, that everyone can do it. And I'm going, I'm not trying to just teach people who want to buy a drone. I want everybody to have their hands on a drone, whether, you know, you're just curious about it, or you do have one that can help you to fly it better, or, you know, you're curious about getting into it and let's get you started. Um, and so this is going to be my passion project to try to make drones more accessible to more people, but have a ton of fun doing it. And I'm going to be covering it all on my on my drone YouTube channel, as well as other social media platforms. So stay tuned, but you, both you ladies are on my list to, to meet in person for this. Oh my God. Thank you, Christine. Uh, we'd love that. We'd love. To yeah. It. So. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Seeing a drone in real life. <laughs> well, so actually here's, here's the most important part is I want to see how quickly I can get someone taking the same exact shots that I am. And from you meeting me in a parking lot somewhere to getting the drone in the sky to taking a shot just like I do, I think that I can get that down to 10 minutes. That might blow your mind, but I think it's possible. Definitely in 30, no problem on that front, but I think I can get it down to 10 minutes. 
I have complete trust in you, Christine. So I am all yours. I'm game. And I, I love this project. I love that you want to teach women. I love that you're just like, you know, empowering women to do this type of thing, because I think for some people, maybe droning is intimidating. And um, I love that you're just like normalizing it. And you just want everyone to be a badass like you. Yeah, because 6.7. That, that third view, right? That view yeah. from the sky. It makes me feel so alive and so excited when I fly my drone. And I just want more people to experience that too. Yeah, because like you were saying, the 6.7% women pilots just seems like a very trash number to me. So um, I would like that to grow. So I'm on board and I might even take that, <laughs> that I test. Yeah, I love it. Even so yesterday, I was flying with um, Kate at Captain Boomies, who's a part of uh, the Sidewalker community. And she has flown her drone a total of four times. And yesterday on her fifth and sixth flights, I had her hand launching and hand catching her drone, which is a very advanced move for her. She's a total badass. She's captained huge yacht boats. She's a certified, you know, yacht, uh, boat captain. Um, and she was just intimidated to try it, but I was like, you know, it's, you just don't know where to start. Let me break it down for you. It's just a couple of steps and this is how you do it. And then she was just repeating it over and over and over to practice for real time when she's doing it from a boat. And it was so fun for me to see. Uh, I love that. I love that, Christine. Well, we're super excited to be a part of um, this project that you're doing and can't wait for, for it to launch and just follow your journey. Um, and for anyone who isn't following Christine already, where can, where can we find you? I'm at Christine Lozada everywhere. I'm primarily on YouTube with my travel channel and my drone channel. And then I'm at Christine Lozada on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. Love it. And that is all in the show notes. So just go ahead, go there and click away. Um, follow Christine, follow all of her badass travels, her drone footage, everything. <laughs> Will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank, Thank you, Christine. You. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Until next time. We'll see ya. Ciao, Bye, ciao. everyone. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcast. You can find Martha at Martha Gets It and myself at La Wild Explorer. Make sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review because it helps us reach more people and we really want this community to grow. And if something from this episode really resonated with you, please take a screenshot and tag us. We love hearing from our community and we'd love to reshare your thoughts from the show. As always, we'll see you next week.